Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Taskmaster is Wonderful. I'm Eric, and today I'm talking about Taskmaster AI, Episode 1, T-Traption. I'm going to talk about this more at the end of this episode, but uh, I had this idea to use ChatGPT to help come up with a hypothetical episode of Taskmaster with a bunch of contestants who haven't been on the show before and um, try to make some sense of it. So let's just get right into it and then I'll explain some more afterwards. So this is generated by ChatGPT with prompts, editing, and additional writing by me, Eric J. Skinner. In this hypothetical episode of Taskmaster, we see the likes of Bill Bailey, David Mitchell, Diane Morgan, Olivia Coleman, and Richard Ayoade competing against each other in a series of bizarre and hilarious challenges. The Taskmaster, Greg Davies, introduces the contestants and Alex. There he is, the man with the most important job on this show, making me look good by comparison. It's little Alex Horn! Alex Horn is looking positively gleeful. He has a large cardboard box and sets it down on the floor with a thud. Greg, you will not believe what I've accomplished, he says, grinning from ear to ear. The taskmaster, looking up from his notes, raises an eyebrow. Enlighten me. I've finally done it. I've created the ultimate sock sorting system, Alex exclaims, pulling out a gridded sheet of paper. You see, I've arranged all of my socks according to their level of wear and tear. The ones with holes are in the top left corner, while the ones that are still in good condition are in the bottom right. The taskmaster looks the grid skeptically. I see, he says slowly. And what exactly is the point of this? Alex's face falls slightly. Well, it's just that I always used to lose track of which socks are which, and I'd end up wearing mismatched ones. But with this system, I always know exactly what I'm getting into. The taskmaster nods thoughtfully. I see. You're an idiot. Alex nods and sheepishly packs up his sock grid. The prize task. The episode starts with the classic prize task. The category is the thing that will impress the taskmaster. Bill Bailey stuns everyone with his homemade musical instruments while Diane Morgan tries to sell a bizarre object that she found on the street. However, it's David Mitchell's clever argument that wins the task. Bill Bailey. I've brought with me a musical instrument that I believe is truly unique. I call it the Fallen Tree Guitar. You see, a couple of years ago, a tree in my garden fell over during a storm. It was a sad sight, but then I realized that the wood could be repurposed into something special. Greg, and that's where the guitar comes in? Bill, exactly. I took a section of the trunk, carefully carved it into the shape of a guitar, and added all the necessary hardware. I even used some of the branches to make the fretboard. Greg, that's impressive, but can it actually produce any decent music? Bill, of course, listen to this. Audio of chords being strummed is played in the studio. Greg, he nods approvingly. Very nice, Bill, you've managed to turn a fallen tree into a beautiful instrument. What have you brought in, David? David, so for my item, I've brought in this classic bottle opener from the 1960s. Greg, hmm, interesting choice, David, but why should I be impressed by a bottle opener? David, well, this is not just any bottle opener. This is a true vintage piece from a bygone era. It's a time capsule of sorts, a relic from the past that reminds us of a simpler time when things were made to last. You see, back in the 1960s, this bottle opener was a symbol of a new era of consumer culture, where people could finally enjoy the simple pleasures of life, like cold beer on a hot day without having to struggle with a stubborn cap. 
This bottle opener represents progress, innovation, and the triumph of human ingenuity over the forces of nature. Greg, I must admit, David, you've made a compelling case, and it does have a certain retro charm to it. I'll give you credit on this one. Diane? Diane, I found this really bizarre object in the street the other day. It's got all these weird shapes and dents in it, and I can't quite figure out what it is. Greg, he's skeptical. Well, let's have a look at it then. An image of a mangled car tailpipe is shown on the screen. Greg is unimpressed. Diane, that's just a tailpipe, and not even a particularly interesting one. It looks like it's been run over several times. Diane is disappointed. Oh, well, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, look at these twists and turns. It's almost like a work of art. Greg shakes his head. Sorry, Diane, but that's just rubbish. Let's move on to something more exciting, shall we, Olivia? Olivia, for my prize, I would like to show you a photo of my trophy display. Greg looks at the photo. Hmm, that's quite impressive, Olivia. But I was expecting you to bring in the actual awards themselves. Olivia, oh, I didn't think of that. But this photo is really special to me. It reminds me of all the hard work and dedication that went into earning those awards. Greg shakes his head. I'm sorry, Olivia, but I'm afraid I have to mark you down for this. The task was to bring in your prize, and a photo just doesn't quite cut it. Olivia is disappointed. Oh, well, I understand. Maybe next time I'll bring in the actual awards. Greg, Richard, can you top that? Richard, Taskmaster, I present to you the largest piece of toast in the world. Greg looks at the toast. It's certainly big, but how did you make it? Richard, well, I used an entire loaf of bread, and I carefully toasted it to perfection. It took a few tries, but I finally got it right. Greg, impressive, but what makes it the largest in the world? Richard, well, I did some research, and I couldn't find any official records of the largest piece of toast, so I decided to make my own. And let's face it, it will no longer be the largest piece of toast in the world once someone eats it. Greg, I think you've just talked yourself into a sweet two points. Diane's mangled mess of metal is an easy last place. Olivia's accomplishments are very impressive, but just a photo of the awards is not much of a prize. Bill has created an incredible working guitar, but David Mitchell has made a compelling argument, and I'm impressed by his knowledge of history. Diane gets one point, Richard gets two points, Olivia gets three, Bill gets four points, and David gets five points. Filmed task number one. Next, the contestants are given a unique challenge of building machine that can make a cup of tea using only materials found in the Taskmaster house. Olivia, Richard, and David create an elaborate contraption with a series of levers, pulleys, and robotics. Bill and Diane struggle to understand the brief and end up with a machine that only pours room temperature water into a cup. The first team has put together a kind of infomercial presented by Olivia as Richard and David demonstrate the machine. We have come up with a truly innovative solution to the age-old problem of making tea. We call it the tea traption, and it's a marvel of engineering and ingenuity. It starts with a series of tubes and funnels, all carefully arranged to channel boiling water from a central pot into a series of teapots. Each teapot contains a different type of tea, from classic English breakfasts to exotic herbal blends. The tea traption comes equipped with a series of robotic arms and trays, all synchronized to deliver the perfect cup of tea to each person. The cups are heated to the optimal temperature, and the tea is poured with just the right amount of precision and speed. It's like having a butler and a barista in one. Back in the studio. Greg. 
I must say, Olivia, that sounds like a truly impressive contraption, but can it make a decent cup of tea? Olivia, Taskmaster, the proof is in the pudding, or in this case, the tea. Why don't you give it a try and see for yourself? He tries the tea and seems to be satisfied. We then cut to Diane and Bill arguing over the contraption that they've just made. Diane, Bill, I'm sorry, but our contraption is a disaster. It's only pouring room temperature water into the cup. Bill, what do you mean, Diane? That was the whole point of the task. Diane, but Bill, who wants to drink room temperature water? It's disgusting. People want their water hot or cold, not lukewarm. Bill, I don't know, Diane. Some people might prefer room temperature water. It's less drawing to the system, you know? And besides, we can always add ice or heat it up later if we want. Diane, Bill, that's ridiculous. We're supposed to be making a functional device, not some half-baked compromise. We should have made a device that could dispense water at different temperatures, depending on the user's preference. Bill, well, it's too late for that now, Diane. We only had a limited amount of time, and we had to make some tough choices. I stand by our decision to focus on room temperature water. Diane, well, I don't. I think we failed this task, Bill. If we don't come up with a better strategy for the next one, we're going to be in big trouble. The contraption is shown dripping water into a cup. Back in the studio. Greg, Diane and Bill, I'm just a bit confused about your contraption for this task. You're supposed to make a device that can make tea, not just dispense water at room temperature. Diane, oh no, we completely misunderstood the task. Bill, we are so focused on getting the temperature right that we forgot about the actual tea making part. We feel foolish now. Greg, well that explains a lot. I was wondering why you didn't include any tea bags or loose tea in your contraption. It was just a jug of water with a spout. I'm a bit disappointed. Making tea is an art and it requires a bit more effort than just dispensing water. He awards David, Olivia, and Richard four points each and gives Bill and Diane one point each. Film task number two. The contestants are asked to create a piece of art using only food. David Mitchell takes a minimalist approach and creates a simple but effective sculpture out of fruits and vegetables, while Diane goes for a more conceptual piece using spaghetti and meatballs. Olivia tries to recreate a famous painting using bread and cheese, but it turns out more like a school project. Richard Ayoade's piece is a complex, multi-layered work of art made entirely out of different kinds of candy. Diane's is shown first. This is my conceptual artwork that represents the history of Italy. As you can see, it's a plate of spaghetti and meatballs arranged in a very specific way. Greg, I see that, Diane, but I have to say, I'm not quite sure how this represents the history of Italy. Can you explain it? Diane, of course. You see, the spaghetti represents the many different strands of culture and tradition that have woven together over time to create modern-day Italy. Each strand is unique, but together they form a cohesive whole, just like the noodles in a plate of spaghetti. Greg, hmm, okay, and what about the meatballs? Diane, the meatballs represent the key historical events that have shaped Italy's past. Each meatball is a different size and shape, representing the different importance of each event. But together, they form a delicious and satisfying whole, just like this plate of spaghetti and meatballs. Greg, I'm not sure I'm following Dan. It just looks like a plate of spaghetti and meatballs to me. I'm not really seeing the deeper meaning you're trying to convey. Richard is shown next. Taskmaster, I present to you a masterpiece of sweet proportions. I have recreated the Mona Lisa entirely out of candy. Greg, wow, Richard, that's impressive. Richard, 
I wanted to show that art can be fun, and what's more fun than candy? Also, I think candy is a universal language that can bring people together just like art. Greg, hmm, I'm not sure about that, Richard, but I do appreciate the effort you put into this, and your candy puns are quite sweet. Richard, thank you, Taskmaster. You're too kind. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some candy to eat. David's is shown next. This is my sculpture that represents my distrust of social media. As you can see, it is a very minimalistic piece made entirely out of fruits and vegetables. Greg, I see that, David, but how does this represent your distrust of social media? David, well, each fruit and vegetable represents a different aspect of social media that I don't trust. The apple, for example, represents the temptation to share too much personal information. The banana represents the slippery slope of getting addicted to social media. And the carrot represents the way that social media can distort our perceptions of reality. Greg, interesting. And what about the overall shape of the sculpture? Is there any significance there? David, the shape of the sculpture represents the fragmentation and chaos that can arise from using social media. It's intentionally disorganized and asymmetrical to reflect the way that social media can sometimes feel like a jumbled mess. Greg, it's a unique take on a complex issue, and I think you've done a great job of representing your perspective through your choice of materials and shapes. Olivia's is shown next. So, my artwork represents the birth of Venus, but with a twist. Instead of a goddess emerging from the sea, she's emerging from a sandwich. It's a commentary on our society's obsession with food and how we've turned it into art. Greg, hmm, I see. I must say, it looks more like something a child would make for a school project. Dagan is disappointed. Oh, really? I thought the use of the materials was quite clever. Greg, I appreciate the effort, but really, it's just a sandwich. Next, we see Bill's attempt. I've recreated this iconic painting of the poker-playing dogs with dog food and biscuits as my materials. Greg, it does look like the dogs are having fun, but I'm not sure if this is a tribute or a mockery of the original work. And the use of dog food and biscuits is a bit questionable, don't you think? Bill, well, I wanted to create something that was unexpected and playful, and the dog food and biscuits allowed me to do that. Plus, I think it adds an interesting texture and aroma to the piece. Greg, I can appreciate your creativity, but I'm not convinced this is a masterpiece. And now, it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for... You must now eat your artwork made of food. Their art is brought out on stage. David and Olivia exchange nervous glances while Diane seems indifferent. Greg, just kidding. Can't imagine how Bill would react if he had to eat dog food. Please don't eat your artworks. Just admire them. Bill lets out a sigh of relief while the other contestants chuckle. Olivia gets one point. Bill gets two points. Diane gets three points. Richard gets four points, and David gets the full five points. Film task number three. The contestants must use a drone to transport a raw egg from one end of the Taskmaster Garden to the other. The catch is that the drone can only be controlled using voice commands. Bill's attempt is shown first. In a hilarious turn of events, he manages to successfully transport the egg, but accidentally drops it at the finish line. Greg. Bill, that was quite a dramatic crash. Can you tell us what happened? Bill, 
Well, it's a long story. You, you see, I thought I had everything under control. I had the drone flying smoothly and the egg was snugly nestled in its basket. But then, out of nowhere, a gust of wind came and threw me off course. I tried to correct it, but it was too late. The egg slipped out of the basket and it was all over. The drone also didn't seem to understand the phrase, oh, bollocks. David, Olivia, and Diane are shown together. They exchange glances as they reluctantly admit to their drone flying failures. I thought I had a good handle on it at first, David begins, but as soon as I got that drone up in the air, it just started drifting off course. Before I knew it, it was careening towards the ground, and there was nothing I could do to stop it crashing directly into my egg. Olivia nods in agreement, her expression sheepish. I had the same problem, she admits. I think I was overcorrecting, trying to compensate for the wind or something, and it just ended up making things worse. Diane chimes in, looking a bit frustrated. I couldn't even get my drone off the ground, she says. I must have tried a dozen times, but it just wouldn't stay up for more than a few seconds. And then, when it finally did get airborne, it got stuck in a tree. The three of them exchange rueful smiles, clearly feeling a bit embarrassed by their lack of success. I guess we're not destined to be drone pilots, David says wryly. Richard's attempt is shown next. Nearly effortlessly, he commands the drone to deliver the egg. Richard looks positively smug as he recounts the story of his successful egg delivery. Well, I wasn't sure how it was going to go at first, he begins. But as soon as I got that drone off the ground, I knew I had it under control. It was all about keeping a steady hand and a sharp eye, and a bit of luck, of course. He pauses, his expression turning thoughtful as he recalls the feeling of flying the drone. There's something exhilarating about being up in the air like that, you know? You feel like you're part of the machine, almost. And when I saw that egg drop neatly into its basket, well, it was a pretty satisfying feeling. David remarks that Richard did well because the drone could understand him best. David, Diane, and Olivia got zero points each. Bill got two points for almost making it to the finish line, and Richard got the full five points. Then we end the show with the live task. The contestants have 100 seconds to construct the tallest freestanding tower possible using only wooden blocks, plastic cups, and paper clips. At the end of the 100 seconds, the contestant with the tallest tower will be declared the winner of the task. Before the task begins, the contestants have some questions. David, I'm not really sure how I'm going to make this work. 100 seconds is not a lot of time. Diane, what do we need paper clips for? I don't understand how they're useful for building a tower. Richard, do we have to use all three materials? Because I'm not sure I'm going to incorporate these plastic cups into my design. Bill, is there anything to drink from the cups? I'm getting a bit thirsty already. Olivia, I'm so excited to get started. I think I have a really good idea for my tower. Let's do this. Alex, all the information is on the task. Contestants, your time starts now. They frantically stack their materials until Alex blows his whistle. Olivia stands in front of her tower, which has just toppled over before the time ran out. She looks disappointed, but takes it in stride. Well, I guess I didn't quite pull it off this time. But hey, that's the nature of these things, right? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. She looks around at the other contestants' towers, taking note of their varying heights and structures. You know what, though? I think everyone did a really great job with this challenge. I'm proud of us. She smiles at the other contestants, and they all exchange nods and grins of acknowledgement. Though she didn't come in first place this time, Olivia is still a good sport and gracious in defeat. 
One point goes to Olivia's tower because it is the height of one cup knocked on its side. Two points goes to Richard, who knocked over his cups, but his remaining woodblock base is still slightly taller than Olivia's. Three points goes to Bill, who used all of his materials, but was more worried about making a wide and steady base than making it tall. Four points goes to David, who focused on only stacking the wood blocks with a single cup on the top right at the end. And five points goes to Diane, who used the paper clips to help hold the cups together. At the end of the episode, David Mitchell is declared the winner, thanks to his clever argument in the first task and his impressive art piece in the third task. However, all the contestants leave with memories of a fun-filled and entertaining day of challenges. The final scores, 9 points, Olivia, 10 points, Diane, 12 points, Bill, 17 points, Richard, and 18 points, David. The Taskmaster stands before the contestants, a pleased expression on his face. Well, today we've learned that bottle openers are a triumph of human ingenuity, a plate of spaghetti is not a work of art, and Richard Ayoade can speak to drones. He chuckles as he thinks back over the various tasks and challenges the contestants have faced throughout the episode. And most importantly, this week's winner is David Mitchell. Please go up and collect your impressive things. David grins and accepts the praise, looking a bit surprised, but pleased nonetheless. So there you go. Um, uh, an interesting experiment. I maybe will make more of these. I'm leaving lists as... I'm uh, titling this as season one, episode one, but that does not necessarily mean that I will do more. But if if you like it, let me know and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, so to go into how I put this together, um, if you go to TIWpodcast.com, um, I will have a, a, a separate blog post that is just the raw chat results with chat gpt um so among some of the questions that i asked um i started out with please create a summary of a taskmaster episode that doesn't exist starring contestants bill bailey david mitchell diane morgan uh olivia coleman and richard iowade and then kind of went from there it uh it gave a surprising amount of stuff in that first prompt um and then I kind of figured out I had to ask specific things to get more details and had to come up with what solutions they actually did and then ask about those solutions that I came up with. Um, for example, um, I asked to write the dialogue explaining um, the prize tasks and it didn't actually give any specific prizes. So in the initial results um all it said for the prize task was it's david mitchell's clever argument that wins the task i tried asking okay well what did he bring in said oh i can't i can't come up with that um what was his argument i i can't come up with that so i realized i had to ask specifically i, I had to come up with oh what maybe would he have brought in that would result in a clever argument. So I asked, can you write dialogue between David Mitchell and Taskmaster where David tried to impress him with a bottle opener from the 1960s? So a bit more specific, 
got a pretty good response from that. And so I kind of continued that throughout, um, going off the little bits of details that were given in that initial prompt, building on those, coming up with uh, completely new answers for stuff, um, kind of figuring out what would make sense for the task as far as the composition of the teams. Um, there was one of the tasks that was described as being a team task, and I just edited that um, and then asked more specifics to get kind of what the individual performances for those tasks might be. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty fun to put together. Uh, again, you, you'll be able to go and look at all of the full questions and answers, um, that I used to put everything together here. So I'm not going to go through the entire thing cause that would take even longer than my final edited script. But, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I feel like some of the things were maybe a lot closer to tasks that have actually happened. The tower building one at the very end, of course, has happened in various permutations. But, um, and then, like, the way that everybody built the towers, I completely made up those myself. I didn't try to get the AI to think of how each person would have built their towers or anything like that. So yeah, I was kind of working backwards because um, that initial response said that David Mitchell ends up winning um, specifically because of the prize task and the uh, food art task. So all of the scores was 100% me just figuring out how the different things would stack up against each other. Um, and to end up with David winning the episode. Uh, a few things I noticed is that it had people addressing people by name a lot. Um, I should have specified that Greg is ta the taskmaster and have it call him Greg. Um, because it's not that often that the taskmaster is referred to as taskmaster. Um, I feel like there's maybe like one or two people, um, in a given series that might address Greg as Taskmaster. And I feel like in this cast that that would be Richard. Um, so I tried to keep it to just him referring to him as Taskmaster. So I think that's about it. I, I'm sure I'm going to remember a whole bunch of stuff that I can talk about later as far as the making of this. And um, if you have any questions about stuff, please, please ask. Um, Go to TIWpodcast.com for the full transcript of this episode and the full chat with ChatGPT that I used for this episode. Um, follow me at TIW Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok now. Um, and that's where I kind of, uh, the, the start of this idea came from was because I asked ChatGPT uh, for a Taskmaster quiz. So you can see that first quiz that I did um, over there on TikTok. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to subscribe to your podcasts. And I will see you next time here on Taskmaster is Wonderful Podcast. Bye.